Welcome back to episode 15 of the Bikes Verified Podcast. We are back for the long-awaited episode 15 of the Bikes Verified Podcast. Brady and the Bucks come out on top. Number seven for Brady. Pretty impressive. Uh, it was a fun game to watch. Wish it was a little more competitive, but still, Super Bowl is always fun. Congrats to the Bucks. Was fun watching them selly out there on the parade. Tommy's but, still wobbling after those uh, tequila shots down there in Tampa. But yeah. yeah, like you said, great game to watch. Can't say we're too surprised by this one. Uh, the GOAT takes number seven, puts all uh, rumors on if he can play anymore to death, wins another Super Bowl, new city, new coach, new playbook. Uh, very impressive stuff from Brady and the Buccaneers, and they will be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. That being said, uh, Viking season is over. Hoping to see them get a little bit closer to that ultimate goal next year because how sweet would that feeling be? Uh, just getting there, the thrill of that would be awesome. Let's talk a little bit about what they need to do to get there, Matt. Um, obviously not a Super Bowl-ready team right now. You look at that Bucks roster from top to bottom, you're talking stacked defensive front, offensive line. They got weapons on the perimeter. They got Fournette. They got Ronald Jones. Uh, it's a stacked roster. What do you think the Vikings need to address first uh, to get over that hump and maybe get an appearance in next year's Super Bowl or let's just say conference championship? Well, it helps when you get Tom Brady. But uh, other than that, I think the pass rush was really impressive from Tampa Bay. That's something that we've consistently shown but lacked last year. So I believe we'll have that back next year given that we get Hunter back and make the correct moves. Adding um, another piece there and too Wanham be should critical. be good. But uh, I was really impressed by their secondary. I thought that they didn't allow much big plays. Um, Winfield is a baller as a rookie. He's going to be solid there for years. But all around, Sean Murphy bunting. I mean, they've got solid players all around. And for us, if Gladney and Dantzler can make those steps, um, that'd be huge. It's going to be interesting to see who's next to uh, Smith next year, though. So that's going to be one of the biggest spots for us, I think, to fill. Yeah, I think starting addressing safety is going to be huge for us. You can't mm -hmm. win Super Bowls without a sound secondary. Uh, but what I look at in Super Bowl winning rosters like this one, I look at an invested in offensive line and defensive yep. front. You look at Patrick Mahomes ran for a Super Bowl record in yardage. I forget what it was. It was like 400, 500 some yards. Uh, running for his life back there, we saw the both edges, Shaquille Barrett getting tons of pressure all day. Devin White is sideline to sideline linebacker. Um, when you got a combination like that in the trenches where you can dominate both sides of the ball, I think that's when teams can get into positions to win championships like this. And the way the Vikings tried to dominate the defensive line of scrimmage this year uh, needs much addressing. We need to get that figured out if we're ever going to compete. And I think the offensive line is improving, but then again, still a piece or two short from mm -hmm. that caliber roster. Yeah, we got to really fill that offensive line. I agree that, that that is the key, especially for the way we want to run our offense. We need that type of O-line that can be consistent every week. But when if you look at it, the Bucks probably had one of the most successful draft draft classes easily. Yeah. I mean, you got worse O-line day Super one, Bowl didn't miss a snap. Grade, just Winfield, second round, tackle. steal. And then you got guys like Tyler Johnson late round that made big impacts. So for them, I mean, we had a lot of good impacts, but that's the type of thing you need to fill those positions because you're not going to have money to have 
uh, for all the positions. So you got to have rookies step in and play. Yeah, and you need young guys to play like veterans. So I think another thing that's going to be critical is player development for the Vikings this offseason. Uh, just getting those guys reps together, whether it be offensive, receivers throwing with the quarterback in the offseason, uh, DBs running drills together. I think that camaraderie and those guys progressing as players and as teammates is something that's going to be big down the stretch because when backs are against the wall in the wall in the playoffs you can't be playing out there with guys you don't trust so i think building that trust and just the vikings player development department needs to get these guys to work uh strength and conditioning guys like cam dancer jeff gladney could use a little more mass those are going to be our starting corners out there uh dj wanham same thing building his frame i think that these guys with a little bit of development i think we could start to see uh the depth on this roster that is needed to make these deep playoff pushes yeah and and honestly touching on player development i think that's going to be one of the biggest things for us now that we've hired new coaches such as keenan mccardell new wide receivers coach from jacksonville former wideout clint kubiak son of gary kubiak taking over the offensive coordinator position and then we got paul gunther who was just hired today as a defensive assistant basically replacing dom capers role yeah not 100 percent sure how to feel about these new hires yet obviously you need to see these coaches mesh with the players and put these plans into execution. But I will say as far as Keenan McCardell goes, former NFL receiver. Heard high um, things about him. Yes, and I can tell you firsthand as a wide receiver, it is easier to learn from a guy that's done it and a guy that has experience, um, knows what the situation is in real life and not just uh, watching it on film or learning from someone else. So I think he'll uh, mesh with those receivers wonderfully. Justin Jefferson, Thielen, BC, BB, develop those guys even more. Uh, Clint Kubiak obviously has the coaching pedigree in his family, Gary Kubiak being a longtime successful NFL coach, and we'll see if he can take some of those classic ideas and bring a modern twist to it, maybe bring some more twists to this offense and uh, be a little bit more innovative on that side of the ball. Yeah, every coordinator is going to always have their own twist. Um, I'm really excited to see what Kubiak brings. It's going to be nice to really have the same scheme moving into next year and not have to worry about Cousins learning a new playbook and the whole offense essentially. So for me, uh, I'm really excited for that move, and I think it was the right one to make. Uh, I really like, I'm high on Hiring in-house is always a good thing because you know that you have guys that are in your organization that can perform at the highest level, which would be offensive, defensive coordinator, et cetera. Um, so I don't mind the in-house hire. Obviously, people may call it, you know, his father, were, he was grandfathered into the job in a way, but I don't see it that way. I think he's a guy with a lot of experience, and I do think that he's ready to show something. Yeah, and I'm really high on McCardell. Uh, I think I've heard nothing but good things about him in Jacksonville. So for us to get him and get him to come up to Minnesota and work with Justin and Thielen and the rest of the guys, uh, I think that's really great for us. So the one I'm most interested to see is Paul Gunther. I mean, it's really not too huge of a hire just because he's more of an assistant, so he's not going to be in a huge role. But um, if anything, it just brings good experience to our defensive uh, room yeah tons of experience he's worked with a multitude of all pro players and uh, hoping he can bring some new insights to Mike Zimmer maybe help him out on third downs help him out in pass rushing situations which he seemed to struggle in a little bit this year uh, looking at the kicking game a little bit Greg Joseph was added to the roster recently uh, looking like Dan Bailey's time may be in jeopardy here in Minnesota uh, Greg Joseph kind of a traveling man around the league has, has had stints with a lot of different teams including the Browns the Dolphins the Titans has bounced around the league quite a bit but hoping he can find some success and maybe a long-term job here in Minnesota 
Yeah, I don't mind the signing. We partially guaranteed him for a one-year deal, so that kind of tells you a little bit about how we feel about the kicking situation. Bailey's deal is guaranteed in March, so I think there's going to be a decision made sooner rather than later. Um, it's I'm excited to see what he can do. Tampa Bay protected him all season, which says a lot for a kicker. Uh, for us, I mean, I'll take any good option at this point, and if at the end of Bailey's season, if I just don't believe in him enough to really bring him back. So I'm I'm game with another new option. I agree. I think it's time for a change here in Minnesota. Now that the Super Bowl has come and gone, we have fully moved into free agency and draft season. So we're going to touch on some mock trades, some mock players that we really like, and just basically a bunch of Vikings draft talks. So we'll get it started. I'm going to start it off hot. Uh, on Twitter yesterday, I saw a mock trade for the Vikings for, it was 14 for 19 and two second round picks. This is Washington trading up to 14 for Mac Jones. I believe it's it's realistic, and this could be for more than just Mac Jones. If the right QB falls, we can really make a trade back, which we should because we lost that second round pick with Yannick trade. Um, I'm all game for it. 14 for 19 and two second rounders. I'm accepting that all day. So if something like that comes on the table for Rick, I guarantee he takes it, and I think it's the right move for us because I think we have more positions that we need to fill or have good depth at than to really strike five spots higher. I totally agree with you. I would take that deal in a heartbeat. Uh, You look at the way quarterbacks fly off boards, especially in recent years. Everyone's looking to get their next guy, get their next talent that's going to bring them all the way, and with that, teams tend to reach for guys. So this would be a... I'm not saying it's a reach to take Mac Jones. He could end up being a good player. But if they want to come up and they are scared that Mac Jones will be gone at 14, I'd do this deal in a heartbeat. I'd move down to 19. Still a good crop of offensive linemen we can look for there. Possibly a Jalen Waddle we could look for there. Someone in that 19-20 spot, I think there's still going to be a ton of value there. So I'd take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So for me, uh, a couple players that I like around where we're drafting, um, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle from Northwestern, very versatile. I love his game. If he's there, I'd be game with taking him. I really like Jeremiah Owusu from Notre Dame, linebacker. Plays like a safety almost, though, like a Jeremy Chin. In our defense, I think that'd be great to pair him with Barr and Kendricks and allow Barr to maybe play down on the line more or or in the A-gaps. Uh, I think it's just great for our offense and the versat or the our defense and the versatility of it. And then also my third guy, I would probably say someone a little safer like Wyatt Davis, uh, a guard that would just fill a need immediately. And that's in a trade back scenario. I'd really like him at um, solid guard. Seems like a plug and play, sturdy frame, Ohio State, and could fill in for Dakota program. Dozier. So for me, that's another solid third option. Yeah, I think especially with that first round pick, I think we're kind of looking on the front on either side of the ball I think is where we're looking but I agree I like Jeremiah Wusu uh, kind of a hybrid I would describe him as just a football player on defense he can play multiple Zimmer positions craft him oh out. guy flies around the field can play the nickel even though we do in my opinion have a true nickel and Jeff Gladney uh, could play a Wusu at the safety sub linebacker I think he'd just be a guy that Zimmer could really just mess around with bring him off the edge from time to time drop him in coverage but uh, just a really hard hitting good-looking defensive football player yeah and we've seen a lot of mocks with Rosso from Miami and Quiddy Pay from Michigan but uh, for me I just don't I don't see the value as much at that draft pick for a defensive end I think for us we could find value in the free agency and maybe save on a cheaper deal but still fill the pass rushing need 
and maybe address a bigger need in the first round. So for me, I see the people's hype about the pass rush being lacking, but Daniil's coming back. Pierce is coming back. Um, Wanham's going to have another year. Mata'afa is going to have another year under his belt. And then hopefully you either draft a guy in the middle rounds and sign someone in free agency, and I think that's how they fill it. So for me, I w- that's personally the route I would take, so I'm going to mock towards players that I think would fill the need better. I can't agree more with that statement. I think we've completely wiped uh, this quarterback talk off the first round. I remember early on this season, a lot of talk about trying to get quarterbacks, but uh, with Mac Jones potentially being gone at 14 i think it just doesn't even make sense for us to look there um like you mentioned gregory rosso another guy that if we're gonna go edge or go draft on the defensive front here in the first round that's the guy i like uh if you've seen the guy he looks like a basically an oversized tight end uh extremely athletic 6'6 about 280 i want to say off that edge and he is just a raw pass rusher and uh if Andre Patterson could get his hands on a guy like that. I think uh, it could do wonders. Him and Wanham kind of rotating. But uh, then again, for me, I'm all in on the offensive line pick first round. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hate the pick if we take Rosso or the Michigan defensive lineman. Um, I mean, it'll fill a need, but I just feel like at where we're drafting, um, there's more positions that we could fill better. But either way, uh, I trust Spielman and Zimmer drafting. Spielman has a pretty good hit rate. I know he misses on a couple, but everyone does. So I like Slick Rick in the draft, that's for sure. Absolutely. And they are saying that this draft is a little bit a little bit of a smaller crop crop in the tackle department. So left and right tackle, they're saying that it's a little bit thinner there at the top. Um, Another guy we could look at is uh, Christian Derrishaw out of Virginia Tech. Uh, another big prospect, good feet on the edge, uh, has shown some really good pass pro reps, uh, very highly graded in PFF's department. So if we're going offensive tackle, that's another option. I think him and Rayshon Slater are the most realistic options there, but who knows if a guy's like guy like Jalen Waddle still on the board there or someone we could pair with Jefferson Thielen. I just, saw Jamar Chase at 14 to us. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith's been mocked in the teens before. Um, things are going to get really interesting on draft night, and we're far too out to speculate at this point. But I think... Starting the pot, though. We're exactly. going to stir it up right and now. And we're going to see what happens in free agency, and we will keep updating you weekly uh, with our updated draft thoughts and roster-filling moves. Bang! <laughs>